It's season four here at On The Path, and we are answering this tough question today. If the pandemic is slowing down and physical isolations are over, why are so many still emotionally isolated? Hmm. Well, we're tackling that question today. Coming up, we are speaking with author Shannon Martin, and she's the author of Start With Hello and Other Practical Ways to Live as Neighbors. Oh my goodness. We are going to be discussing the anxiety and the apprehension that people are feeling to reconnect in community, to come back to church, uh, to talk with our neighbors, and this this whole idea of silos in camps and how we can literally break down the wall. It is so, so good. It's going to galvanize us to move forward. Guys, available on all podcast platforms or subscribe to my YouTube channel or stream 24 hours in the castle. I'll see you on the path. You're listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Nemhart, brought to you by Fight for Freedom. Follow Cheryl Nemhart on all social media platforms. Hey guys, welcome to On The Path. I'm so excited. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for pulling up a chair. Thank you for uh, driving, doing all the things while you're listening or watching us. I'm so excited. We're on a journey, guys. We are growing, learning, and uh, I think evolving and becoming more of what God has called us to be. And today we have an incredible teacher. She's going to be uh, giving us some lessons of life and, and really talking to us about, I think, a topic that I think is so important right now, simple but powerful, and that is how to reconnect, how to reflect the heart of God in this really desperate time. And I want to introduce you to Shannon Martin. I'm so excited to have her. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's an author of The Ministry of Ordinary Places, Falling Free, and now her newest book, Start With Hello. I love that title. Start With Hello and Other Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors. She's a speaker and writer who found her voice in the country and her story in the city. Oh, I love that. Shannon works as a cook at The Window which is a local not-for-profit dedicated to feeding its community. She and her jail chaplain husband and their kids live in Goshen, Indiana. This is a family that is doing the work. They're walking the walk and talking the talk. Would you please give a warm on the path welcome to Shannon? Hi, Shannon. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. And, you know, as I said before, just pre-interview, anyone that is doing anything around people and has ministry uh, where people are at the center, I'm all in. I'm all in because that is what matters the most. I would love to just, I think I want to start with, tell us all the things, tell us a little (laughs) bit of your story, um, how this book came to be, this whole journey. I I just want to hear it all. Yes, I'd love to. So I'll, I'll go back in time just a little bit. My family at the time, there were five of us. Um, now there are, there are six of us. But 10 years ago, we kind of pulled up our roots. We were living out in the country. And what we felt was our dream farmhouse. We thought we would be there basically forever. And we just really felt a pull towards the neighborhood. And so we, we, we pulled up those roots and we moved into just a very um, overlooked and in many ways under-resourced neighborhood. 
and we've been there now for about 10 or 11 years. But at this point, I'll give you just a quick rundown of my family. My husband, Corey, does work full-time as the, the chaplain of the Elkhart County Jail. And then wow. my four kids all came into our family through adoption. Our oldest, Robert, is 28 years old. He's out on his own. And then at home, we have three teenagers. Cal wow. is 17. Ruby is 16. Silas is 14. And we've really been on a journey to understand what does it mean to live as neighbors? Why does it matter? You know, what is this whole thing about through through the Bible? We read love God and love your neighbors. And, and we had to just really reconcile the fact that we not only did we not know how to live as neighbors, how to love our neighbors, we really didn't know our neighbors at all. And this was all very new to us. So, you know, once we found ourselves living in a in a more urban neighborhood context with people really close to us, we had to get we had to get to work. You know, we had to we had to make up for lost time and and be about our re-education and really figure out what it was going to look like. And that really is the sort of the backstory to how we got to this book, Start With Hello, because while my first two books also, you know, I talk about neighboring, I talk about community. This is the book where I wanted to make it the most practical and really like a guide, just a simple practical guide to answer the question, how do we do it? Like, how do we actually do it? And that's mm. what Start With Hello is. Mm, I love that. I can't wait to, to actually walk this through because the reality is we we are really still quite isolated. Maybe not so much yeah. physically, but something's happened. We are emotionally yeah. isolated. We are, you know, uh, to ourselves. And I, I'd love to know when you started writing this book, what was yeah. your hope? What was your hope and dream for it? Yeah. You know, my hope was that we could find our way back to each other or maybe even find our way to each other for the first time. I think mm. our culture works really hard to keep us separated and divided and, you know, Talk put into it. these categories or these different camps. And, and in so many ways that can feel like the path of least resistance. It can feel easiest, but when we default to those, you know, I go here, you go there, it's really to our detriment. We, we miss out on so much. So my hope is that this book would give us some really simple baby steps to come closer to each other. I think that's the essence of living as neighbors is that, you know, it, it means we, we come near, we come near to each other in mercy. We come near to each other in listening yeah. and in honoring each other. And yeah, I just, I hope we can we can come through on the other side and realize when we actually get to know the people around us, when we build those connections, we are actually safer and more secure. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. We are safer and more secure. And, you know, let's, let's begin to get those tools now. When we think about yeah. the past two years, like... Whoa. Right. <laughs> what past, was that? <laughs> what was that? The past two years were uh, beyond insane, uh, painful, isolating, mm -hmm. polarizing, all the things. Yeah. And I think yeah. in so many ways, we're still recovering from that. Or yeah. and 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 also we feel like we're still in it. Uh, it right. hasn't quite yet, it hasn't quite yet settled down. Um, and, and you talked about the things in our life that cause us to find camps and to yeah. be in silos. 
I, I know that you have uh, adopted children, and I know that uh, these, some of these children are of the BIPOC community, which mm-hmm. holds a special, closer place in your heart as yeah. you're watching camps and, yeah. you know, racism yeah. rising, polarization. What are, you, what are the big lessons that are yeah. coming up? Like, I feel like we should sit literally right now in this moment and just yeah. listen from someone yeah. who is raising children, who was doing the work in shelters, uh, a husband that works in jails, like yeah. we need to hear the, uh, from yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. What do we, what do we I'd, need to know? I'd love to talk about this. I, I am, and you know, my husband and I, we are white parents to four non-white kids. So all four of our kids are in that BIPOC wow. community. And it's, you know, I think transracial adoption is really complex. It's complicated. I think sometimes we race to simplify things that are not meant to be simplified. And if I'm being honest, you know, what has, what has propelled me into this journey is watching my kids grow older, specifically our, our newest, you know, newest to our family child is Robert, who is our oldest. So you know, we adopted way out of birth order when he was 19 years old, he came into our family. But watching wow. him move through the world as a young black man has been eye opening in so many ways. It's been devastating in a lot of ways. Um, it's been painful to, to, you know, be his mom and watch him um, struggle through and struggle against a culture that does not always want to love him the way he deserves to be loved. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, my three younger children were also getting older. So, you know, now we're at the phase where our youngest is 14. They are, you know, more in the world themselves. They know themselves better. Their ability to communicate and to, um, to name things that they see to, to talk to us about experiences they have, you know, all of this was happening, Cheryl, at the same time that, like you said, we're also, you know, then heading into a pandemic and then heading into, in a lot of ways, like new awarenesses for, for us as white folks, like new awarenesses about the, the conversations around racism. And so it, it was, and it is a lot. Mm, Um, And I have had to learn the hard way in some ways to get much better at listening, Mm -hmm. um, to, to listen to my kids' experiences, even when they're very difficult to hear, to come to understand that all four of my kids in so many ways are immersed in microaggressions, that this is just the, this is the air they breathe. This is the water they're in. And, and I have a, a distinct responsibility to, to steward them and to, you know, to walk this road with them. Right. And what that means, quite honestly, is I've got a lot I need to learn. I was not equipped in so many ways. And, and I've got to take that responsibility and, and get very serious about re-educating myself and in so many ways, educating myself on, right. you know, the, the essence of these conversations. I just, it, it became painfully obvious along the way that I have a lot that I need to be learning and that's on me. I've got to take up that work. Wow. I am blown away by your answer and I'm so thankful for your honesty and your candor. It's, yeah. it, it is, it's, it's a, it's a constant journey of learning, of, uh, listening, leaning yeah. in. Um, yeah. 
I'm, I'm so thankful f- for that, um, for that confession almost of like, yeah, hey, it is. I don't, right. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not always getting it right. Right. Um, so, you know, when we, when we talk about like these first steps, even in you, these sort of like hard first steps, yeah, we have some first steps to make as a society. We have, uh, we've drawn some dividing lines. We've gone into our silos. We've closed our doors. We've lived in isolation. A lot of it mandated, but now that the mandates are lifting, yeah. Yeah. we're still having trouble. Um, yeah. help, help us now for someone yeah. <laughs> who is struggling to reconnect, to trust, uh, mm-hmm. across ethnic lines to just to, to let the guard down. What do we do? Yeah. Well, I think you, you hit it when, when you sort of implied, we're all feeling a little rusty, you know, even if we felt like there was a time, I think for many of us, it has just always felt hard for some of us. Maybe we feel like we kind of found our rhythm at some point and now we've lost it. We are all a little lonely. We're all a little kind of wary. Um, we don't really know where we fit sometimes or, or what's safe. We're afraid of making mistakes. You know, that can be a good intention that ends up being a barrier between us and our neighbors, you know, the people, our community around us. When we become so nervous that we're going to get something wrong, that we just kind of wall ourselves off. So there's just a lot going on and there's a lot that we're up against. I would, I would say just framing it back to this isn't just me. I'm not the only one that feels like this is kind of awkward, kind of scary. We are all feeling that in different ways and acknowledging that, acknowledging that it's, it's going to be a little awkward. Um, I wish I could have written a chapter about how not to be awkward in the world, but I don't have that answer. So the best I can do is just say like, let's just, let's just, you know, call it what it is up front. It's going to be a little awkward as we kind of fumble together back towards each other and back towards a connected sense of connection and community. We're going to, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make blunders, but that's okay. We're, we can get through that. We can survive a little bit of awkwardness Um, and then be willing to go first, you know, to be willing to say, this is something that my heart is longing for. I think we are all longing for connection, even if we haven't quite admitted it to ourselves. I think that's what we want. We want to be part of like this, this fabric of each other. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that means we've got to be the first one to kind of put ourselves out there just a little bit. You know, I talk and start with hello, many ideas for, for taking it slowly and taking those little tiny baby steps that feel maybe insignificant, but they actually stack up into actual relationships. So being willing to kind of to do that thing first, to invite the person to be vulnerable, um, to open our door. We just got to go first. Oh, we just got to go first. That's it. We just got to <laughs> go first. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. And so, and so, you know, there are those that are stumbling in that have, uh, that are listening, that are watching, however, they've kind of come into this conversation and they're thinking, okay, I can go first. What is step one? Uh, like, I know it seems really crazy, but like, okay, I actually have not been a good neighbor and I really want to take, I want to try, I want to try, I want to reflect the light of God in more intentional ways. 
what are like yeah. some practical steps to be a good neighbor yes. as, as crazy as that sounds? No, that's the whole book. That is the whole book in a nutshell. And I want to say as a believer myself, you know, we're familiar with these verses to love our neighbor, but I think there was part of me that assumed for a long time that as long as I wasn't hating my neighbor, that that counted as loving them. Wow. And I've come to see that that, that stood in my way of really actually connecting with the people around me. So there's, there's just a little more to it, but the good news is it's really simple and it's really attainable. I would say the very first most practical, simple step is that we become people who are committed to paying attention. And I mean that in the most literal sense, I, the way that I practice becoming more attentive is I kind of fell into this honestly, accidentally, but it stuck. I pay attention to the sky every day. I, I try to notice what's going on up above me. I notice the art that's happening around me. You know, our creator is wonderful and we get to live in this beautiful place. But as I've, as I've become more persistent and intentional and just something as simple and basic as noticing the sky, it has translated down to street level so that I'm mm. also learning to notice the people around me better. And I'm wow. noticing rhythms and I'm noticing you know, uh, just the, the simple ways that we can connect. And when we begin to pay attention, that's when suddenly these, these opportunities emerge where we know we can reach out and go first um, and just say hello. You know, it yeah. really does start with hello and it builds from there. So maybe that's where it begins and maybe it stays at this kind of basic, you know, small talk chatting about the weather. I don't think small talk is the the scary thing that we have made it into. I think it's a block. It's a building block into, into deeper relationship that happens slowly over time. So that's my first step is learn to be someone who pays attention to the place where you are. Wow. Learn to be someone who pays attention to the place where you are. I love that because sometimes it's just that simple, bold step of hello and conversation that people have been waiting for on the other side. Yeah. They've been waiting for it, just not knowing how to how to navigate. I love that. What would be one more um, good step for us? Yeah, one of my favorite tips in learning to be neighbors. And, you know, I use the word neighbor very loosely. I think a neighbor is anyone whose life intersects with ours. And I also think in the context of faith, our neighbor, you know, is kind of, if we're part of the kingdom of God, our neighbor is kind of everyone. So I'm not just limiting this to the people to the right and to the left of us, but I do think there's something really magical and powerful about being known by the people next door, the people right on our block or on our street. I think there's just a, there's a certain level of, of security and fun that comes when we start to trust each other a little bit. So my very favorite tip is to ask for help, to be the person who puts herself out there a little bit. Um, it's humbling and it, it sounds like maybe, you know, it sounds like it could be kind of challenging, but to be able to say, I'm heading out of town for the weekend. Could you grab my mail? Or, you know, when we need a rake, instead of buying a rake, hey, could I borrow your rake? What happens when we do this is that it lets the person on the other side of this conversation know that they can turn around and need us back. And if we can fall into that rhythm of just needing each other in the daily ordinary moments of life, 
that is true connectedness. Mm. Oh, I love that. Oh, this is so good. I'm actually, I wish I had a notebook and a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I need this for myself. Um, yeah. Okay, well, I, I want to ask you this question. This is going to take us a little bit more personal. Yeah. Um, so I hope that you can um, track with us as we go. Um, here's my thought. I believe that storms, uh, crisis, like those mm-hmm. rock bottom moments, are our greatest teachers. I think that it's in those moments we learn so much about ourselves, who we are, what we have, uh, the resiliency, the strength we didn't know we had. Uh, It teaches us uh, who God is. And sometimes I think we live as believers in this like surfacey kind of head knowledge, sing about it, talk about it, hear about it. But it doesn't crystallize until we get into those really rock bottom moments. And then fortunately or unfortunately, uh, if you want to know who your friends are (laughs) or aren't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) go through a real serious crisis and just watch, just watch who galvanizes, who runs away. So I'd love to ask you, Shannon, like what you I can't even imagine just raising, um, uh, especially an older, a teenage sort of young adult adopted person square one day one at that age the work that your husband does daily uh the hard stories the 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 things he encounters in in Mm -hmm. in jail chaplaincy yeah you as you work in um uh it's it's a food bank or like a a shelter is it a yeah like a soup kitchen like a soup kitchen We we serve a hot lunch every day yeah i love that so to those who are low income, marginalized, impoverished, and so on. I just, I would love to know what, what have you learned about yourself, God, and Mm -hmm. others in crisis? I love that question. I, I know for sure that anything I know about living as a neighbor, I learned from my neighbors. So, you know, once you write a book about living as neighbors, people can kind of lump you into like, oh, she knows, you know, she's the best neighbor ever. And that's not at all (laughs) how I feel. I am an introvert. And a lot of this does not come naturally for me. I have to, I have to be intentional and push myself. Right. But I also know that all of this knowledge, any knowledge that I do have has come to me secondhand. It has come to me in relationships with the people close to me, many of whom have been in jail, they've been incarcerated, they're rebuilding after incarceration, they're um, struggling through generational poverty, um, the effects of racism, you know, the list goes on and on. The ways that I have have learned to lean on each other through these Mm -hmm. folks, the ways I have been embraced by these folks, you know, there's a, a, a one of the most special stories for me that illustrates this really well, is when I was invited my family was invited to our next door neighbor's daughter's birthday party. And they're a Spanish speaking family. A lot of my neighbors are, I do not speak Spanish. Um, I can cobble together a few basic things and that's it. And, you know, we were, we were the only non-Spanish speaking folks at this gathering. And there was a moment towards the end where they brought the cake out and they all started kind of chattering in Spanish. And, And it felt like a moment where like, are they talking about us? Maybe they are. And they had their short little conversation and then they started singing happy birthday in English so that we could be part oh, of it. Wow! And, and to think of that kind of hospitality, that yeah. kind of, you know, putting us above themselves at their own daughter's birthday party. I mean, these are, these are the, the lessons that I've learned, you know, that God yeah. comes near to us 
kind of disguised as each other. He shows yeah. he he's he never leaves us, but he he's God is close to us through our neighbors, and and in turn, God can be near our neighbors through us if we are willing to to be on both sides of this equation. We ask for what we need and we offer what we can. If we can get better at doing those two things, and, yeah. and that's gonna grow, that's gonna look different over time. But if we can commit to those two things, we are on the path to living as neighbors and to having true connection in our lives. Oh my goodness. I just, you said that God connects to us through neighbors and it's almost like God disguised as the other. And yeah. I love this idea of <clears throat> every person that we meet is, is this wonderful opportunity to not just reflect the heart of God, but to draw near and to, and, and there's a blessing there. There's a, yeah. there's a learning there. There's something that's going to draw us closer to God. If we just lean in and we're not afraid. Yeah. Right. And, and not only to reflect the heart of God, but to be eager to see the heart of God reflected Come on. on the faces around us. So good. It just has, it has to go both ways. So if it doesn't good. go both ways, then there, yeah. there can be some kind of funky power dynamics there that aren't going to help Love. us, but we've just got to so be on both good. sides. So good. In fact, in fact, would you say that we many times receive more than we give? At 100%. You know, that's the, that's my story. And I, you know, I, I feel a little sheepish. Like I'm, I'm here kind of, I'm honored to be able to write down some of what I've learned because I have seen the way, the ways my neighbors have changed my life. They have changed. And, and I'm going to put my kids in with, with my neighbors, you know, these people around me have changed the ways I see the world. They've changed yeah. the ways I, I see myself in the world. They've changed the ways I see God. I mean, if, if we can really draw near to each other rather than kind of keeping our distance from each other, it will change everything. Oh, guys, listen, you need this book. I need this book. My goodness. <laughs> we are, we are speaking with the one and only Shannon Martin. She is the author of start with hello and other simple ways to live as neighbors. You need to pick up this book. It's available everywhere and anywhere. And by the time this hits, it's out there. Y'all go yes. grab it go grab it. Listen, Shannon, how can we, I was going to say, how can we stalk you, but don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here for that. <clears throat> how can we track with you? How can we uh, keep in touch and just learn yeah. more about what you're doing? Yeah. You can find me most days on Instagram and Twitter. I love them both for different reasons at Shannon writes. And you can also kind of keep up with what I'm doing. Subscribe to my free newsletter kind of get some, you know, see what my family's up to, all those things. There are links to the books, all the things at shannonmartin.com. Oh, I love it. So, 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 so good. Well, we've come to the surprise question. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, I love this. I get to do this at the end. I, it's one of my favorite moments. I get to do it at the end of every podcast. And what's lovely so about nervous. this moment. No, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. What's lovely is that. Every answer is, it's not like the other. It's different. It's fresh. It's new. And I love it. It never repeats. So finish Ooh. this sentence. Okay. Finish it in light of our conversation. Kind of that is the backdrop. Mm -hmm. uh, finish a sentence. It's time for what? It's time for each other. It's Ooh. time. It's, it's time for us to, to stop looking inward quite so much. 
and to turn around and, and see what's happening in the, in the world around us and the lives around us, um, to be tender for the sake of each other, to learn better and to do better for the sake of each other. It's time. Oh, it's so, so good. Okay. I'm gonna flip it on you. Are you ready? Here we go. Yes. What is it not time for Shannon? It, it's not time for silence in, in the face of, um, injustice. I mean, that's, that's just part of my journey. And part of what I'm learning is that our silence does us no favors. There's, there's a time for listening. There's a lot of time for listening and we need to get better at that. But when we see, when we see injustice happening around us, when we see fracture, when we see people struggling in, in ways they don't have to struggle and systems that make it difficult for people to flourish you know, all these things, it requires us to, to use our voice, um, to stand with the people who are struggling or who have the least amount of power and to really meaningfully be with them in that and, and to be, to be prepared to, to kind of put ourselves out there for that. Oh, Shannon, thank you so much. Like that is the perfect note to end on. And I'm thank so you. thankful. Thanks for spending some time with us. We I felt like we were walking and talking there. I know. I loved it. I loved yeah, it, it so much. So, Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, guys. And once again, please, please pick up this book, guys. Start with Hello and Other Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors with Here's Shannon the- Martin. There it is. <laughs> That's what yeah. it looks like. Come on. <laughs> Shannon, thank you so much for being on the path and um yes. and thank you for helping us make the first steps of being a good neighbor. Thanks, Cheryl. Well, I want to thank Shannon Martin for that conversation. I needed that. I know some of you did too. It was so, so good. Guys, we need to do the work of connecting, the work of reaching across dividing lines, of not only reflecting the heart of God, but as Shannon said so perfectly, being met with the heart of God. Uh, It's not just that we have something to give, but there's so much that God wants us to receive. And we will get that from connecting one with the other. I encourage you to start with hello, reach across those dividing lines, say hello to someone today. Let's build community and rebuild neighborhood one person at a time. Until then, keep living, keep loving, keep learning, and let's keep saying hello. But for me, goodbye. I'll see you again on the path. You're listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Nemhart, brought to you by Fight for Freedom. Please like, download, and subscribe. This has been an Exusia Media production.